Hey everybody, I'm Peter and I go to 190 if you think fast thoughts. I'm glad to have him back on Lothal. It's Mike. How's it going? This is weird. Welcome <laughs> to Rebels Rebels, the podcast that explores the Star Wars universe through an episode by episode deep dive into the Star Wars animated series, Star Wars Rebels. I like that. Um, I like your little intro today. Thanks. Yeah, I'm feeling weird. Getting weird with this one. It's all right. Yeah, this is a, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay, one to get weird on. Yeah, let's jump into this one. I actually am, have a lot of thoughts about this one. I'm excited. All right, well, hey, let's do it. So, quick, let's mix up a uh, quick space refresher and recap what happened in episode 9 of season 3, An Inside Man. So, Ezra and Kanan return to Lothal to scout the Imperial factory and destroy it. With the help of Azadi, they manage to infiltrate the factory disguised as workers. But before they get far, Thrawn locks it down. Little did the rebels know, Thrawn suspected the rebel spies of sabotaging the vehicle's and set a trap. Mm. Ezra, Kanan, and Chopper managed to steal the weapon data that they were there for with the help of Callus, who reveals himself to be Fulcrum. The three managed to escape the factory in stolen walkers and get the data to the rebels. After analyzing it, they discover that Thrawn is developing a new type of TIE fighter, the TIE Defender, which, unlike the TIE Fighters, comes equipped with shields. Thrawn deduces that the Rebels could not have retrieved the data without the help from someone on the inside. Instead of hunting the spy down, Thrawn, per usual, decides to wait and intends to use the spy against the Rebels. Mm, so that's this Very episode. ominous. Yeah. So quickly, the theme for this episode, which we can unpack throughout this discussion, is Unlikely Allies. Thrawn said it himself, but unlikely allies pop up all over this episode. From Mr. Sumar to the return of Azadi and the malfunctioning speeders, and of course, Callus himself. And much like 3PO says to Chewie and Leia after Lando's redefection, if that's such a thing, <laughs> Chopper emotes, trust him, trust him. But other unlikely allies also appear in the form of fumbling Imperials, for example, Walker 271 gets in the way of Walker 414, and the ensuing metal-on-metal metal carnage makes for the perfect escape, which also highlights a secondary theme, similarly voiced by Thrawn, which is from obstacles to assets, which Ooh. is just kind of another way to say unlikely allies, if you really start to unpack it. <laughs> but unlikely allies are definitely the theme for this week's episode. It's like a theme within a theme. It's a theme There's within layers. Theme. I like it's a it. Russian, it's a Russian nesting doll of themes. Nice. I like that. 
Yeah, so this is kind of a cool turning point because we see that the Lothal Rebel Cell is starting to come together. It's not much yet, but we see Ryder Azadi, Joe the Bartender, and Mr. and Miss Sumar, the fledgling Rebel Cell on Lothal, and Kanan and Ezra there to help them out. So there's a couple cool things right off the bat. I really liked this speeder chase. It reminded me a lot of the solo speeder chase. But with lightsabers. Yeah, it's like almost identical. Yeah. That I move, mean, not identical, but just visually identical. Yeah. That move where Ryder like goes sideways and Ezra and Kanan are standing on there and chop the walker's legs yeah. off. It was super radical, bro. Yeah. We've also kind of seen this speeder chase in earlier episodes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. On the same causeway, too. Yeah. But this this to me felt like the most... Maybe it represents the rebel cell coming together because it felt the most like mature of the speeder chases. Like they know what they're doing now. Yeah, they were they were definitely on on their stuff. Yep. Um, so if you'll remember, Mr. Sumar, he appeared in season one in that episode called Fight or Flight. He was he's now working under Yogar List, the Imperial, who, if you remember, is the same Imperial who took his farm away. So that's some added indignation. Oh, um, originally, Sumar was going to appear in season two as a citizen who was anti-rebel to try to get a little bit of color in that conflict um, because he believed the propaganda that the rebels killed Minister Tua, which I thought would have been an interesting layer to all of this, but they mm. ended up cutting that. Mm. Yep. And we also see Miranda Sumar, Mrs. Sumar, his wife, this is the first time that she has lines, and her lines are spoken by Vanessa Marshall, who plays Hera. And despite the character's name already being established, Mrs. Sumar is identified only as female citizen in the Empire, in the episodes and credits. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so sad. Yeah. Um, there's also kind of an interesting note about this base that they go to. So they this space, they say it's housed in something called a stone circle, which we have likely seen. Um, they're those like clusters of spire-like stones that are sticking up from the ground around Lothal. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so they made their base in one of those, and I'm going to quote Wikipedia right now, um, where it says... Many archaeologists came to Lothal to examine the stone circles in hope of discovering their origins and purpose. Some suggested that the slabs were placed in the relatively recent past when the original colonists of Lothal dragged them together for use as a landing area instead of electronic beacons. Others, however, surmised that the stone circles had been constructed by an unidentified, unidentified ritualistic civilization that lived on Lothal millennia before the Republic scouts had discovered the planet. All inquiries into the mystery of the Lothal stone circles were suspended when the Gal Galactic Republic was replaced by the Galactic Empire, which believed that superstitious mysteries of the past had no place in the new order. So I think that's some interesting, uh, Context hmm. and color to the time. Yeah, that's I, pretty cool. Yeah, I think in, when, as we start to uncover some of the mysticism of season four, I tend to believe that these stone circles and spires, maybe the Jedi Temple, was maybe from some ancient 
spiritual civilization that is no longer there. I undoubtedly will get a show about it. <laughs> Probably. And also like just bringing in some a little more of that color about the empire where they're just like, we don't need to learn about the past because superstitious, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Which is interesting too. Cause it's like the empire is like collecting magical baubles all over the place. So I don't know. Uh-huh. Pick a lane, bro. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think, I think they I think they can do both. I think by, by outwardly expressing. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can be like that kind of like oppressive, you know, regime and outwardly say how important the past is mm-hmm. because it contradicts what you're doing. You know what I mean? And any lessons learned from the past. But mm-hmm. so I think they, you can't like be too overt about that. But I think yeah, the, you know, intelligent ones on the inside know it's important and to mm-hmm. use it, but to not but to discourage anyone else from using it because they know it's power. Yeah, totally. Um, One last note about the stone circles is we've actually seen this base before. This was once the base of the Broken Horn Syndicate um, where Visago set up shop, but once uh, Visago took off, the Lothal Rebels took over his base. Oh, boy. Yeah. Get out of of here, man. (laughs) Um, I also, this also marks kind of an interesting place in the war, um, in the galactic civil war, because you see the imperial ruthlessness, um, there's factory quotas, people are being driven pretty hard. And so if you watch rebels recon, they say that this episode represents a change in the imperial presence on Lothal. The the empire has dropped any pretense of the empire being here to help. Instead, the war machine is in full force and they're just blatantly using Lothal as an asset. So an example of that is like you could see that there are more Star Destroyers in the atmosphere, the pollution in Lothal seems mm. worse. And that's actually the whole reason why Mr. Sumar is even there because they took yeah, his that's, farm. That's That was an interesting like yeah. embedded like global warming thing. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I think it's a good touch. Which is very George Lucas. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So it's it's something like that. I mm-hmm. I find that little detail much more interesting and appropriate to Star Wars mm-hmm. um, than than I don't know what, but I I think it it works super well, and it doesn't have to be, you know, it's a kid show, but it yeah. kids don't need to understand it. Totally, it's yeah, a, it's totally subtle, but it's such a nice touch. I really like it. Um, and you'll see too, I mean, that's why Mr. Sumar is even working in the factory. Cause like I said, they took away his farm and there's just no more. They've destroyed the economy on Lothal. So it's yeah. like the only thing you can do now is become a stormtrooper or work in a factory. A lot of these people aren't qualified to be building war machines. So, you know, they're really starting to feel the squeeze, um, and being very blatant about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, all of this is really, really nice touch. Too subtle. I mean, very subtle. I don't, I actually like it so much. I don't know if it's too subtle Mm -hmm. because it takes this level of analysis to see it, which maybe is good because you don't necessarily want that in a kid's show. Yeah. Um, So maybe I like it. Maybe I like it with how subtle it is because I really do like it. Um, This is like, I don't know what this is, but like this kind of, commentary is the kind of uh yeah it's just it's my bag mm, yeah it's my bag have you ever seen thx 1138 mm-hmm, yeah i haven't seen it 
But I guess Pablo Hidalgo was saying that this episode was inspired by that. He said, you know, there's, I don't know, evidently the plot has something to do with factory workers or something. And he says, you become a number, yeah. not a person. It's like there's this, yeah, big underground city and there's no free will and mm-hmm. like uh, people's, emo- well, yeah, like people's emotions are like controlled and. Mm, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. It's good. It's it's good. You know, it's probably just worth watching because Lucasfilms doesn't make too many movies. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, yeah. I should check it out. It's a blind spot for me. Yeah, it's doesn't yeah, it's yeah. Interesting to know. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah, I think what's more important is that you're reading Dune right now because that's like the the cornerstone <laughs> for Star Wars to me. Yeah, Mike was excited. I started reading Dune yesterday. Yeah. I would say to anyone who has an appreciation for Star Wars, you need, there are some things you need, you should do. <laughs> like in reading Dune is, is one of them, like understand where things are coming from. Mm. Um, like what, what the reference is. Yeah. 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 It's very confusing so far, but I am enjoying yeah. it quite a bit. So. Sounds about right. Yep. Um, and I just sent you a link in the chat for you to look because it is time for poster talk. Poster. <laughs> so there's actually a pretty cool poster. Um, you can glimpse when Ezra and Kanan jump onto the land speeder. Um, there's two posters. One says protecting Lothal, protecting you. Mm. Um, and this one's a little more obscured, but they put it in some behind the scenes art on starwars.com. And this poster I sent to you specifically because I feel like it's really cool. It just shows like it's very World War II propaganda poster. Yeah. And it shows a bunch of Star Destroyers and TIE Fighters. And it says, explore the galaxy, join the Imperial Navy. So this one's been translated to English. But in this in the show, um, this poster shows up in Arabesh. Yeah, I yeah. would uh, join. I mean, it seems like it would be pretty... <laughs> If you lived somewhere like Lothal, this would be mm-hmm. a pretty effective poster. Like, if you didn't have the ability to do star travel. Yeah. I don't totally. know. It seems like a technology everyone would want to be on. Yeah. At the very least, I kind of want to just frame this poster. I, I kind of wanted to frame the new Rise of Skywalker poster. Yeah. Yeah, that just got... At the time of us recording, that was announced yesterday. I feel like Luke's face looks weird. He looks like like clone like he was animated by Dave Dave Filoni. Luke in the Clone Wars in that poster. What are you talking about, Luke? Or the Emperor? Whoever. There it is. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what? Are you, I was like, what? I'm Sorry. I'm staying away from news altogether. That's the only thing I've seen so far, and that's hopefully the last thing I'll see. Yeah, I think we we both have kind of I've gotten a little burnt out, and so. You know, there are people who cover Star Wars and wow. current Star Wars news I am, much better than us. Yeah, I'm, I have, I don't know how people actually keep up their excitement. Mm-hmm. I, like, yeah. I even recently had to cancel my comic subscription. Up until now, I've read uh, every Star Wars comic that's ever come out. You know, it's probably, if I'm being honest, just because I'm too busy, you know, yeah, totally. having a kid and changing careers and. Blah, blah, blah. That's real boring. This is all very boring talk, <laughs> but I just don't have time for it. Practically. Yeah. I got really burnt out yesterday. I mean, I won't, won't get into details, but there's, there's quite a long discussion on lightsabers. Um, and you know, I even have a lightsaber theory, but just like, yeah. I, I thought it was like fun to just like throw that stuff out. But I feel like it's just like a big, like 
dick, dick measuring contest yeah. where people th- are just trying to you like know what? prove how much they know and yeah. everyone's going to be wrong in December. So it doesn't matter. So I'm just like, so that know. is, you have touched on one of the, you didn't, you didn't know you're going to listen to anyone who listened to this. <laughs> didn't know you're going to listen to rebels to get this, this kind of, and this is going to come out like six months after D 23, <laughs> but you've explained the almost exact reason why I'm no longer subscribing to the comics. Um, because I first, I enjoyed them for a long time and then I stopped enjoying them. And, but I thought, well, I have to keep doing this cause I've invested so much time and this is the, Thing I know the best about Star Wars is the comics mm-hmm. and I want to keep that kind of authority and like knowledge above anyone else to be like well I've read all the comics so here's this mm-hmm. and I was I kept thinking that's a really terrible reason to keep reading these <laughs> if I'm simply not enjoying this anymore I should stop and that's that's a and that's a recommendation to anyone if you're not yeah. enjoying it anymore don't do it because you've been doing it just stop and yeah. do something else I like that. That's all. Yeah. The last thing I'll say is I think here at Rebels Rebels, I at least can commit. And I think you probably would agree that, you know, I just want to have fun with my friends. So if I'm going to make be all brainy about Star Wars, it's because I think it'll be fun to talk about with friends. I don't know more than anyone else. And I'm happy to do that. So please join us if you want to have fun with your friends. Yeah, I will echo that. I think. Cool. That's super important do things until they're fun and then <laughs> stop <laughs> totally um so back to the episode what i've brought it up so many times but the empire and their stupid masks like i like how he how thrawn looks directly at ezra bridger who he has met in person and just walks right by him because he's like well that guy's got a mask on i guess i can't figure out who the rebels are so that actually <laughs> is kind of a big question mark to me is does he not know because something uh, another theme I was thinking about putting mm-hmm. in this episode was you know uh, and this is always one of those tongue twisters the <laughs> I know you know I know mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah right like interesting like this uh, we, we are like non, non-explicit knowledge like we all have this but we're not saying. And it's like Thrawn does that to Mr. Sumar, right? He kind of gives him his plans. Like, I know, but he also, he's similarly right before he approaches Mr. Sumar, he's looking directly at Kanan and Ezra and Mm, then twists over to them, which I don't think is actually indicative. I think they probably just did that to show like to build suspense. But I think you could argue that Thrawn knows and he loves more than anything um, kind of the drama of the moment. <laughs> so, He's such a drama queen. Well, he is. And so <laughs> uh, I would almost argue you could, I could be convinced that he knows. Yeah. Uh, well, I like that. Um, and I could totally see that being the case. I think it does need to be, it is a little ambiguous, but I just, it's just funny to me because anytime they ever need to infiltrate, anything imperial they're like all right i'll just put on a helmet because they never ask to see anyone's face ever so the i i didn't take many notes for this episode yeah i took one note okay and it says this star wars rebels hyphen use air vents dress like the enemies (laughs) that's that's so true quite literally the only note i took for this episode (laughs) and i was like if you and in my mind i was like let's say you got rid of those two 
escape mm-hmm. hatches or, you know, like what would happen to this show? I don't know. Yeah, that's really funny. Um, I want to jump to talk about Thrawn's office because this is something I've been, I've brought up a couple times. This was a focal point of the books and something that I thought was a cool touch in terms of the character and his kind of love of art and developing his menace. Um, So this is the first time we actually see his office and you see a lot of the art that he is into. Um, some of the things to highlight is we see a Bardotan statue. Um, so Bardotans were a secretive and mystic, mystic race in touch with the force. They were originally a warlike demon worshiping culture, which is so metal. And they be evolved to become a highly spiritual and academic culture. So this uh, species we've seen, they look kind of like dinosaurs. Mars Guo was the pod racer in the Bunta Eve classic in a phantom menace that Sebulba threw a wrench in his engine and oh the guy who had like the mask over his eyes yeah like the eyes yeah that guy is probably my favorite looking he's so weird yeah such an interesting um, he looks super dark crystal which comes out this week (laughs) oh yeah I forgot about that that's gonna be sick so yeah we see so so question about that though you said demon worshipping culture yeah isn't that sick What's a demon in Star Wars? Well, I've got to imagine, I mean, there's witches in Star Wars, so I've got to imagine that there's demons. Sure. Demon was a generic term for mal, uh, for, huh. Oh, did you look it up? Yeah, it's nothing. (laughs) It's nothing. It's like just the general term. Uh, Okay. I'm kind of looking for some ice demon, force sensitive demon, Wootzek, the ice demon, the nightmare demon. And Malibus. It referred to... Uh, it's nothing interesting. I can't find anything. Anakin Skywalker once called the Demon Outsider by the Tusken Raiders. <laughs> uh, I feel like you can find so many cool metal band names in yeah. that Wikipedia Demon Outsider. That you're just looking Dips. up. <laughs> Tight. Um, so the other things we see... So these things are actually pretty interesting. Like, even more interesting to me. So we see... It's debatable, but I've seen multiple sources saying this, that there's like a Jedi Sentinel mask, but there are sources that say this is actually Kanan's Jedi Sentinel mask that he put on when he was on Malachor. That was the first thing I thought of, but I think it was because contextually it's just within Rebels that I wondered, oh, is that Kanan's? I think if that was in any other show and I saw the exact same mask, I wouldn't have made that connection or thought. So I think contextually that makes sense to me. Um, or at least my mind just went there. It could be too, because he's studying a lot of art specific to the rebels. So I like that thought too, is like, how did he get it? And maybe this is the specific mask because he's trying to learn as much as he can about Kanan. So it's, it's, it's up in the air, but I thought that was super interesting. Um, also we see a wall fragment that has Sabine Starbird on it, <laughs> which they talked about and some ancient Lothal glyphs. Yeah. My favorite thing is, I don't know if I'm going to step on your toes. Mm-hmm. I love that. There's just a Loth cat that he's just staring at. That's the one who looks at the <laughs> yeah. longest is the picture of the Loth cat, which I yeah. thought was really funny. He just I, don't blame him. I bet you he's a total cat person. He is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. Um, we also see some Mandalorian art, which I think is really interesting because it depicts the Mandalorian crusades. 
which is a period of war in the Old Republic during the Mandalorians and Jedi, much like the Jedi Mandalorian War in Legends. And so this piece, this art piece, we actually saw in Clone Wars during one of the Mandalorian arcs. So somehow Thrawn got a hold of that. He also got a hold of a clone helmet that has the same markings on it as Commander Gree, which is interesting because he was under the command of Jedi Master Luminara Unduli, who we talked about earlier in this series. And he is also the clone trooper that Yoda beheads once Order 66 is carried out. So he might have that dude's head. (laughs) Mm, A lot of connections there. I know. And then last but not least, there is a Holy Grail in his office. You can't see it in this shot. I think you can see it in the later on, but that's another tie to Indiana Jones. Because why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, sure. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) there's kind of two more big things. Um, I think the three biggest things to discuss, and we kind of touched on one, is the brutality of the Empire. We saw what happened to Mr. Sumar. It was pretty brutal. I think a lot of people on Reddit were pretty overjoyed to see this. uh, Because first of all, they're probably dark people. But to be generous, I think some of them were feeling like Thrawn didn't have a lot of teeth. Um, up until this point and this yeah. is the first time you kind of saw him like really flex his muscle and be pretty terror terrifying yeah 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 because yeah. up until now he was just an ominous voice totally so i get that yeah um but the other two things are first of all we get the official reveal that fulcrum is callous how did you feel about that i can't re- i can't put my mind back to when it happened yeah um, that being said, when it did happen, I went, oh, that makes sense mm-hmm. because there's so many, I didn't know he was going to be fulcrum, but I think they planted enough seeds for me to know that he was going to join the rebels. Yeah. So that happening was like, yeah, that makes sense. There was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of breadcrumbs laid, mm-hmm. um, for that. So how yeah. about you? Um, yeah, I can't. I think we discussed this um, when we first earlier this season. I don't think either of us remember where we're at at the moment, but I like the turn and I was skeptical at first how they were going to pull it off, but I think they actually did. And I think part of that has to do with Henry Gilroy said this in Rebels Recon that Callus actually got into the fight thinking he was making the universe a better place. And then he was shown over and over that they're not. Um, and so I think it makes, it seems more organic than I would have once maybe said, um, back when he was just like, I'm an evil guy who killed all of Zeb's people. Um, I think they did some good repair work on his reputation, um, which helps. Yeah. And then, yeah, when you find out he didn't actually really kill that Mm -hmm. many people, you can kind of read that as he's trying to convince himself of, you know, the things he's, he's done. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. My only other thought is I really love that force push bit. Where it's like, gotta make that. it convincing. Yeah. I like that. I yeah, think that's I good. Like... I'm glad they didn't just like wholeheartedly accept him. I think that totally. would have been, that would be the harder one to swallow, the pill swallow. But I think yeah. that being like, okay, fine with you, but we still hate you works, plays better. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, that's totally a good touch too about, you know, when they go back and like Zeb's like, whoa, I guess I accidentally recruited him. Like, Hera even says, like, okay, we'll 
like we'll let him help us, but let's keep an eye on him until we know what his game is. Like, yeah, that part I think is a good thing to call out. And I totally agree with you that it would have been a lot. It would have been hard to swallow if they were all like, all right, cool. Join up, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other big thing in this episode is the tide defender. So it's not officially named in this episode specifically, but they do talk about a secret project in section a two, um, which is the tide defender. We see a schematic of it after it has been successfully stolen. This ship first appeared in the classic 1994 tie fighter game as the most advanced tie fighter in the game. Canonically speaking, this project stalled because the Empire philosophically scoffed at pouring so many resources into a small craft because they like big things, evidently. Which I think is so silly. (laughs) I know. Well, I actually kind of like it. I feel like it shows something about the ego of the of the empire and it kind of goes to like the exhaust port. It's like a couple ships couldn't destroy the death star. And so they like have these weaknesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I guess it more speaks to who's in charge too. Yeah. Cause like if the emperor is running that, he's like so much confidence in himself that he's more making statements than he is strategies. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's kind of a fun touch, but it is absolutely a great, a very silly. Because this play. project feels very Thrawn because to yep. me it's the best project. Because think about if all your TIE fighters have shields. Mm-hmm. Totally. I don't know. It's well, you're That was the big thing because the, the, one of the big reasons why the rebellion was even able to be on equal footing was because TIE fighters suck so much. They had a lot of them, but the X-Wings and all their ships totally outclassed everything. Yeah. So this would actually even up the fight, probably even more than even up the fight. So this ship is quite the beefy boy. It's classified as a fighter bomber. It's armed with heavy cannons and missiles. As mentioned, as you just said, it has shields. It also has a hyperdrive and outclasses an X-Wing in every me- measure. It has more bombs, more cannons. It's faster. It has a better hyperdrive, a better shield. It also costs 300,000 credits, which is by far the most expensive TIE fighter. It costs almost twice as much as Vader's TIE Advanced or twice as much as an X-Wing. Yeah, I mean, yep. it makes... I mean, God, this is the best project the Empire has ever run. <laughs> yeah. Or has never run. Totally. Yeah, and there's some pretty interesting stuff about that. So, you know, like like I mentioned, they kind of scoffed at trying to make these beefy little fighters. Um, but Thrawn was able to muster enough political capital to kind of get the project going. Um, so it really was his baby. And this project was in direct competition with Project Stardust, also known as the Death Star. Um, many Imperials came to see Thrawn's Defender Project to be a better use of Imperial resources due to the extreme cost of Project Stardust and the delays by Director Orson Krennig. But at one point later in the series, I won't spoil anything, but Governor Price sacrifices the Defender pr- production facility for some reason to try to kill someone. Um, and mm. after that loss of the factory, the project, the TIE Defender project, project is halted indefinitely and all resources are diverted to Stardust, a.k.a. the Death Star. Big mistake. Huge. <laughs> Huge so, mistake. So, I know, I was just quoting Pretty Woman. So you yeah. brought up something that I was wondering earlier in this episode. Is mm. Azadi, um 
quoting back when he said, you know, we got this idea from somewhere else about the speeders exploding. Do you think he got that idea idea from, are they saying it's from uh, the uh, Ursos? Like uh, oh. Gail, Galen Urso. Do you think he's saying he got this idea from Galen Urso putting in, building something into, like, does Azadi somehow know Galen Urso. Huh, that's an interesting thought. I didn't, I didn't yeah, I didn't put because two Because I, I was trying to figure out when Azadi says, uh, I got this idea from, you know, someone. Yeah. I was like, okay, the only thing, person I can think of who sabotaged something big is Galen Urso. Huh, I like that. Um, it totally could be. I don't, I, I don't have any canonical sources to back this up, but I mean, there's no reason why if he's purposely sabotaging his projects, He's not also kind of finding rebel sympathizers to do that on a smaller scale across the universe. Um, like maybe that's one of the reasons why the blasters suck so much for the stormtroopers is they have a, someone on the inside who's kind of like tweaking the aiming mechanism a little bit. Yeah. Um, I th- that adds a little a layer that I enjoy. So I don't have canon sources to back it up, but I'm going to, I'm going to accept it in my head canon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's true. It yeah. just seems like the low hanging fruit. Totally. Yeah. And I just like the bureaucratic, like in fighting about like, no, my project is better. No, my project is better. Give me the funding for my project. Yeah. It just, I, it just adds like such a layer of lameness to the empire that I really enjoy. But also like it gives it more credence as like a, I don't know. It, it leans more into the sci-fi yeah. um, than the fantasy. I don't know which I like I just it feels pretty it feels more real to me too like it just like yeah of course the Empire is just like a giant DMV yeah I mean makes sense um and then the last notes I have is I just like whenever you can read Orabesh stuff this isn't anything super crazy but it just it it goes to the just the level of detail they put in these episodes is when they're looking at the schematic for the hologram there's big Arabesh letters that say, attention, technical readouts contained in this transmission have been rated top secret. Um, so just like a little touch right there to add a little more yeah. reality to the world. Um, and then he is uncredited, but rumor has it when Kanan and Ezra pop into the walker and take that over. And one of the ATDPT pilots is like, oh, I think we got him or whatever. Uh, rumor is that Dave Filoni voiced that ATDP pilot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts about this episode? <sighs> no. Uh, no big ones. I mean, we yeah. touched, we touched a lot of them. Yeah, I think the only other things are just. I feel like maybe it's just kind of starting, or I'm just noticing it. But the set pieces in these episodes are starting to become really, really cool and beautiful. There were a lot of like action scenes and just like how uh, Ezra force pushed Callus through that window. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a technology thing like, yeah. or, or a funding thing or a, it's a, maybe both. They're both getting more totally. t- money and more time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But these episodes look great. So shout out to Rebels for that. Um, but yeah, that's the end of my notes. Yeah. Well, this is a, this is a, this is a good one. This is a good episode with yep. some good stuff. Um, again, like I use this metaphor, it's like 
when I hear a band release like a 12 song album and I love six of the 12 songs, I'm like, I wish they'd make an EP out of this <laughs> and make it just a total banger. This is an episode I'd put in my Rebels EP of like necessary to the arc, getting back to the good stuff, total banger. Oh yeah, I could totally see that. So that being said, we end every episode with our rating scale from our current least favorite thing to current most favorite thing in Star Wars. So from the entirety of the 1997 re-releases to the final battle, which is my least favorite, to my most current favorite being the final battle between Obi-Wan and Maul, which is Mm -hmm. still to me so poetic, especially after I just finished this movie called Shadow last night. Totally Mm. amazing. Um. Chinese warrior movie. I don't know. I was just thinking about stuff like this. Sweet. Anyways. I never even heard of it. Oh, it's beautiful. This guy, this guy who made House of Flying Daggers. Ooh. His cool. new his new movie is just phenomenal. I'll just leave it at that. I give this episode a Lando tries to help Han after giving him up on Cloud City. It's a great character moment that provides some uncertainty, tension, and hope. Um, this is totally that episode um for me, which I give that moment mm. and this episode both an A. Just Solid A, like 95% A. Great. I love that. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing is Ray pulling the lightsaber out of the snow when she is about to face down Kylo Ren in Force Awakens. My least favorite thing is everything C3PO does at any point other than the original trilogy. This episode, between those two things, are TIE Interceptors in Return of the Jedi which are my favorite Imperial fighters in my favorite movie. I give this episode an A+. I really enjoy this episode. I think it was drastically needed after the stretch of snooze fests that we had. Um, yeah, this was a, there's a big slog in this season. Yeah. And I feel like it, this really pushed the, pushed the story forward, some good character development and some good palace intrigue. I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think we're on the same page. Great. Good episode. Let's keep these up. Let's keep these up. Come on. Yeah. I like when Star Wars is good. Let's, I, do you know what? Once we complete this, we're going to create uh, the Rebels Rebels Rebel Star the Rebels Rebels Star Wars Rebels EP where we <laughs> like tell that. you which episodes to watch. Yeah. Um I like that. Yeah. Cool. Or master list, I don't know. <laughs> but uh yeah. Um so you know where you can find us for it Rebels Rebels Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um you can email the show. No one ever has, <laughs> but we'll still plug it. We've gotten a couple emails. Yeah, from people we've emailed. Yeah, we've gotten some other ones too. Uh, have we? Okay, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Not many, though. You're right about that. That's at Rebels Rebels Pod at Gmail. Yep. We are also still playing D and D, Star Wars D and D. Hmm. Um. It's been fun. Yeah. Also, this yeah. just makes me feel fancy, but I like if you have a smart speaker or anything like that, you can say like, "Okay, Google, play the newest episode of Rebels Rebels." I just heard I your Google go on. When yeah, you said my that. Google just went off. So it's probably going to start playing the newest episode of Rebels Rebels. I'm turning that off. <laughs> no, I heard it a little bit. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, you can do that, and it's a fun way to yeah check us out. By the time this is being released, I'm doing some mental math. September, October, it could be in. We could you could be we could be in November at this point. So we're a month away, probably from yeah. This is probably when this is coming out is around November. Yep. So we'll see what's happening yep. in our world. But hopefully you're being excellent to one another out there in Star Wars world. Yeah. Hopefully everyone's happy with the Mandalorian. No one's angry about it on the internet. Internet. I'm sure that will be the case. Yeah, we're probably days away from it. <laughs> and remember, until next time, to be brave out there. Don't look back. Don't look back. Bye. Bye.